0: There was a test screening that a kid wrote, they said, what would you improve about this film? And the kid wrote, needs more boobs, and spelled um, boobs, B-E-W-B-S. And that was the data that was collected and taken seriously by the people who were marketing the movie. You know, at the time that I wrote Jennifer's Body, I'd only done one feature at that point, I had written Juno which is not a horror movie. For me, it was just the fulfillment of a dream, and Juno had been a successful movie, so coming off of that, I was sort of given carte blanche to write anything that I wanted. And uh, it's very rare for a screenwriter to have that kind of creative freedom. And indeed I have not enjoyed that level of creative freedom since. So I just thought, all right, this is it. Like I'm gonna write my crazy gonzo horror movie and I want it to be female focused. I want it to be about a female friendship. And I specifically want it to be about a girl who eats boys. I want it to be about like cannibalism and about sex and empowerment, revenge and all that stuff. And I just, I knew what I wanted. I think I was aware of how bizarre it was. Like right off the bat, I was like, this is not a super commercial movie. But I was lucky enough to get Karen Kusama attached to direct and then the big question became, who's going to play Jennifer? There was a time when it was painful for me to talk about because, you know, that movie was a commercial failure. And like, I was savaged personally. It wasn't just having a professional failure. And so it was hard and I had, I had written about it a lot and I had talked about I, I mean, I've actually gone through therapy because of that experience. And now, 10 years later, I genuinely love talking about it. I think part of that is because we're being validated now. People suddenly, the movie has suddenly found its audience. The test screenings were, were horrible. And I believe that's because of the audiences that were recruited for the screenings. The studio had a very strong, unshakable belief that this movie needed to be marketed to young men, specifically. I got a very memorable email from a a marketing person at the studio once, where I, I, you know, had sent him this articulate defense of the film, and here is how it should be marketed. And I, I said, what specifically are you thinking? And he wrote back, Megan Fox Hot, three words.
1: I am going to eat your soul.
2: Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. 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 Hi. This week, Jennifer's two movies about transformation, empowerment, heart-shaped lockets, vengeance, and Jen. Beginning with 2009's Jennifer's Body.
1: From director uh, Karen Kusama. After being sacrificed by a shitty indie rock band, high school hottie Jennifer finds herself possessed by a demon. She then turns a hungry eye on her classmates who never stood a chance with her before. While the now evil Jennifer satisfies her appetite for human flesh with the school's male population, her nerdy friend Needy soon catches on to the carnage happening at the hands of her BFF and vows to find a way to put an end to the bloodshed. And honestly, who doesn't want to see Megan Fox dismantle the patriarchy by consuming one horny high school boy at a time? Obviously, I wouldn't say it goes that far in the ways of feminism, but I can definitely see the commentary that Diablo Cody was going for in this underrated pre me Too movement film. This is all obviously an allegory for sexual assault, if you didn't pick up on that on the watch. Uh, we see this group of men sacrificing this girl's body to the devil for their own professional advancement, all the while laughing at her torment and using it as a bonding experience amongst themselves. There's even that moment when they start singing 8675309, Uh. which, uh, uncaring of the life that they're taking for their own personal gain. Her pain is funny to them, and just another moment on their way to success. (laughs) Enough about Speak All Evil, though. (laughs) Let's get back to the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh
2: Jennifer's Body, 2009. (laughs) Let me reel it back.
1: Let me focus back in. It's a traumatic event that changes her forever. But to them, it's just really funny. It's from then on that we see Jennifer use her body to then lure in and thus destroy men, taking revenge on the gender as a whole. And personally... I was like, yas, obviously, very into it. Get them, because I feel like as an audience member, you wanted that. You want her to destroy everyone because of what she went through. And I'm always one for some sweet, sweet revenge. And I wanted her to take that power back, get that back from those stupid indie rock boys. Uh, The only thing that I wish from this movie was that there was more gore, more carnage, um, more general demonry shit if you will, more blood, more guts, more sharp teeth, weird CGI thing. I was very into that. Um, I think this movie absolutely holds up. I think we can all appreciate it a little bit more in 2021 as opposed to 2009 where it bombed a bit. I don't think anyone really understood what they were going for. They just thought they were looking at a hot Megan Fox who is fresh off of Transformers and basically just washing cars for an hour and a half, and no one really understood the context of the film. So I think now as we're looking back and have a different you know, uh, perspective on it, we can all appreciate the context a bit more.
3: This is one that I, I enjoyed at the time because I didn't go into it thinking I was going to see Megan Fox like walk around naked the whole time. Like, Let's be honest. I um, did,
2: yeah. Don't go into it thinking that.
3: yeah Yeah, for sure that's not what it is Um, but this was one that I was happy to revisit this week because it has had it took 10 years it was about 2019 when it had its 10 year anniversary that it had a complete like re-review it's like when Rolling Stone called Pinkerton one of the worst albums of the year and then I think like 10 years later was like sorry we fucked up it's a masterpiece uh, that's kind of what's happening with Jennifer's body. There's a lot of problems with the script, with the dialogue. Uh, Dave's definitely going to give get into Don't that.
4: Tell them what mm-hmm. I'm
3: going to do. Yeah, I like just spoil your no. This guy's I know. a take spoiler. <laughs> I <I'm laughs> never saw one, but it definitely has had a resurgence, and I think a lot of people went and revisited this movie and watched it through a proper lens. I love this. I love the fact that one, Karen Kusama directing it. She did the invitation that we've already talked about. She did a great section of the anthology XX. Diablo Cody wrote it. Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried are the stars. I would argue that Amanda Seyfried, who plays Needy, that Kat mentioned, is the absolute star. I love the fact that it kind of starts and it goes through this like non linear journey. Like it shows us her in the asylum in the beginning. And then it shows, uh, you know, everything that happens to what gets Megan into this demon mode or Jennifer into demon mode. And then it kind of takes you through and you never really get like what's happening, uh, as you know, in real time. And, uh, what I really want to talk about is the fucking song and the band that you talked about cat that lures Jennifer away and does some fucked up shit to her. And then this Trent, you talked about, in the hills have eyes episode how you have like stockholm syndrome for like a movie
2: sometimes i I dislike something and then i just keep getting in and then i'm like eventually i'm like "Ah, i kind of like i get it now
3: and then this song like in the trees (laughs) through the tree like
2: (laughs) it's called through the trees through the trees
3: this movie stockholm syndromes you with this song (laughs) that by the end of the movie you're like do i like this song why can't I get this song out of my head? I'm singing this song. It's literally one of like the most cruel things that's ever happened to me watching a, a horror movie or any movie or anything that's happened to me in my life is I can't get this fucking song out of my head. Uh, but it's also- a It's a mark of a hit, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, I'd play anything 20 times a day on radio, it's a hit. But really the the- Like I said, Megan Fox, Amanda Seyfried, absolute stars. Uh, And I think that everyone was confused at the time. Like, wait a minute. Like, it was marketed as they're going to kiss. Megan Fox is strolling down the hall looking super hot. She's in her underwear the entire time. And everyone was like, oh, we're going to go just go watch like a standard slasher flick where... Dudes are going to have the upper hand on the chicks, and this is going to be standard fare, and we're going to see some boobs, but guess what? You don't see any boobs. You see dudes getting slaughtered, and this has a female lens on it, and I think the marketing team fucked this whole thing up back in 2009.
4: I thought this movie totally sucked a big bag of (laughs) robo-dicks. (laughs) <laughs> Robo elf dicks. Uh, like the the fact that this is this is one of those movies where they portray millennial teenagers as constantly speaking in slang that is like you know like I totally have a weddy and like it's just nice hardware ace. I know it, it <laughs> smart just, bombs to me. I feel like this is a kind of been a trap uh, thus far because you guys are talking about this. Wonderful socially conscious angle to this movie that I honestly didn't think it was that deep. Um, now I feel like I'm like misogynistic because I didn't like it. But the reason I didn't like it, SMH,
2: was... SMH. Once again,
4: <laughs> the reason Dave I got her like misogynist it over here <laughs> is because too many women in it. <laughs> no, I I didn't like it uh, because of the dialogue, and it's you know the same person who wrote Juno. Um, The person who directed The Invitation Which to me was Very elevated It was very smart um, And also Destroyer with uh, Nicole Kidman Where she plays like a a vigilante Which I did get um, In that movie The vibes that you're talking about with this one But this one I just thought was Like cheap And lowbrow There's some bad CGI Um, I, I felt even for its time Like in the 2000s that it was more like a 90s like horror movie it wasn't even modern for then um and the music killed me the cover of i can see clearly now mm. uh, screeching uh, weasel uh, that was song that it was screeching over weasel over again,
2: i don't know who i didn't look i don't know but I, I did I, uh, probably
4: um it did remind me um that i like Hole. Yes. that's the only thing that that came out of this, and the line, and which to me kind of summed up um, Megan Fox's character, which I didn't think she hardly did any acting. I thought she just mm. smoldered at the camera and looked hot, no. or had blood in her teeth and was smiling. Um, but I, I didn't really see too much depth uh, to her character in, in this, and I, I think Amanda Seyfried did good. I like her and just like everything I see her in. Um, but I don't know I just I thought this was I didn't I didn't catch The Poignant <laughs> uh, that Part poignancy. of it poignancy Yeah like I think There's a lot of movies That do uh, This kind of thing Much better And I think of Karen Kusama movies That do this much better So mm-hmm. I wasn't That psyched I think I had seen The Invitation before I had seen Jennifer's Body um, But yeah It's the The teen thing The teen dialogue Really gets to me
2: you know, I, I hear you 100%, but I really like this movie, and I thought this was a great pick. And I first off, I was surprised to find it's on Criterion right now. That's what yeah. I thought. It and, was on um, Prime until like two days before we picked it. Yeah, um, I was really, you know, I, one thing right away I thought was interesting was listening to Diablo Cody, who wrote this very similar to listening to uh, Mary Heron talk about American Psycho. They both had similar experiences, even more so with Jennifer's body, where it was a total flop, didn't make any money, critics didn't like it, and then 10 years later, all of a sudden, that's all anyone wants to talk to her about, is Jennifer's body, because it was telling her that it was so great. She's like, oh, uh, that's cool. I went to therapy, because everybody hated this movie let so me, much. Oh. Let, me, let me drag you
3: through a decades <laughs> later series of interviews.
2: Yeah, and I love that story. I just, I love, you know, whether it's your cup of tea or, or not, I love when um, somebody is out of step with their time and maybe like ahead of their moment. And then years later, they're like, they're in the moment. I think that's, that's a sign of some, some true artistry is at work because you, you were missed in your day, but then you became the future and then you're immortalized by doing that. And then you're on criterion. So I thought that that, it has an interesting story and I like when things like that happen I think one of the things that gets misunderstood and that was certainly at the time and probably by me as well because I didn't love this the first time I think I was part of the like um, the mistargeted targeted audience for this movie at the time, myself, <laughs> and I went and I was like, yeah, I don't know. Um, so, but now watching it, this is way more. This is like Ginger Snaps, basically. This, well, that's why yes. I was
4: surprised that you didn't like Ginger Snaps because this yeah, reminded it, me a lot of that. This is not. It this is, is not about snaps, boobs. It's, like it's not about Carrie, slasher like, boobs. Like,
2: yeah. This is a. This is the story of a friendship between two mm-hmm. high school girls. It, it's about the, the relationship between Needy, who is Amanda Seafree Diet. And Jennifer, that's the story, and it's the story of their like drifting apart, and and um, Jennifer is sort of coming of age sexually and coming into her womanhood, and all this, and her poor geeky friend who's kind of like left behind. Same thing as Ginger Snaps, but because everybody was so excited about seeing Megan Fox be sexy in a horror movie it didn't really meet those expectations and actually there is a um there's a director's cut you can rent on google actually you have to buy it i didn't see it because you have to buy it for like 15 bucks but Mm -hmm. i did look into it and the director's cut is a lot more of needy and in the opening of the movie the best example of this i haven't seen it so i can only tell you what i've read but the opening the original director's cut opening was needy And in the theatrical cut they open it with megan fox on the bed all, like little changes like that. Oh, that's it's like, the one
4: I watched. I watched there's like, the, yeah, wait. that's the
2: theatrical cut. That, that's the one that we saw. No, I watched the one with Amanda Seyfried. No, no, the, before that, you think that, but before that, it's Megan on the bed real quick. And you see Needy the, the window. the shorts and the socks, and then you go to the
3: asylum. And oh, then you okay. got to Hell as a Teenage Girl.
2: Yeah, exactly. So um, I, now watching it in that context, I did really like it. The dialogue was tough. I, I, I did think- I, There was one dialogue that I liked, and I thought it summed up
4: kind of the vibe of- uh, the succubus uh, character of Megan Fox was when she was like, "My tit," <laughs> and she's like, "No, your heart." And she stabs her in the My chest. Tit. She's like, "My <laughs> tit." She's like, "No,
3: and even your before, heart." But before that, and she's I like, "This does. is for cutting boxes."
2: Yeah, I, I, I liked I did like some of the lines. There, this is like filled with one-liners, and some of them are really quick, and they're they're they are actually subtle, but a, a lot of them. Get a little cheesy to me. The band absolutely brutal oh. in this. The band's called Low Shoulder. All <laughs> yeah. the live band scenes was like more like Jennifer's Creek. I'm waiting for yeah, like Carrie Russell to Gossip come out. Or something. It was like watching yeah, Buffy the Vampire
3: <laughs> Slayer. Kat, yeah. you got me on this. You got me on this.
1: Yes, I, the bronze it's like saying, 90s television. Here's the thing: I'm not is saying that, the dialogue saying. is perfect. I'm not saying the dialogue is even good. I'm just saying the overall theme of the movie. I think it's very important and I think it definitely plays a role in film in general just like being there just like for women's empowerment.
4: I mean, you could also argue that it exploited Megan Fox's body.
2: I uh, I mean, I think it didn't as much as it, as some people that's wanted the problem, it to though. The, like that's that was one of the problems. I, yeah, the
3: all male marketing team was like let's try that. But the film that Karen Kusama made, Diablo Cody wrote and Megan Fox acted in did not do that.
1: I think it was also a commentary on women's bodies in general, because the one of the first things that we deal with is that the band wants a virgin and they're talking about. Megan Fox in general and she they're like she's too hot there's no way she can be a virgin and then like it's like this whole thing yes she is she is too a virgin like you're just like sex, but then she pigs. just
3: lets you know she's not even a backdoor virgin
2: we didn't know at the time that every single emo band would be cancelled for being sexual predators this was way ahead of it's time in <laughs> what? that regard that's a really good point are you really sure we point. didn't know are, well, are you, you sure you we did. didn't know you yeah
1: you know that's like the whole joke now is that like every, every meme I see or, like every hard times news dot net article I see is like po- pop punk band uh, you know upset that 16 year old girlfriend can't come to Thanksgiving I don't fucking know <laughs> it doesn't matter um, I mean,
3: it's also though like the band thing I, I thought that was an interesting way to go about it obviously for the tone of this movie it made sense but it really played on if you think about it now it's a bunch of men sacrificing a woman to advance their career so like yeah. you might miss that because it's a band you know you're just like ah whatever like they you know made a pact with the devil you know they worship Slayer uh, but I mean it's just another take on okay let's sacrifice a woman so that my career can advance
4: the thing is like there's always in high school setting horror movies or any kind of movie where there's always the douchebag dudes is always there, those are like some of my favorite every week. Villains. We see them every week. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so to me, just because and they always get theirs in the end. I mean, even fucking Biff from Back to the Future. He gets it. He gets manure all over him. He's humiliated. He doesn't get the girl. It's an age-old tale, but I would never refer to those kind of dynamics uh, as like female empowerment. Um because I don't know. It just to me those characters always existed. I just didn't see that this movie had that depth. You know what I mean? So I was like surprised that you
3: guys talked what about it. What do you it, mean, right? like 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 a movie lacking douchebag dude? Just cause she's
4: killing guys to me but I lo- doesn't that I I a feminist that,
3: statement. I love that flip that like she's killing dudes like like Kyle Gallner's character, Colin Gray, like the super emo guy. Yeah. Like I love that. Like well, that what's c- wrong with him? Nothing. He wasn't a it's, bad guy. It's he just was kind nice. like what you're saying. You're saying like, oh, you needed like these douchebag characters.
4: Well, right. well, there were douchebag
2: characters
3: in it, I but mean, she's killing like these like the, the band was emo it? dudes, right? Not like, not
2: all. Yeah, some of them seemed like fairly like the Indian kid. Like, not all of the right. victims were deserving.
4: And did she really have to like have to like seduce them and go to first base every time that she gives them their uh, you know? Their judgment You know She's just go kill him
1: They do get their comeuppance In the end And that's really nice Um But I will say That It's that moment So obviously That It's that weird Intro Of like Her getting into the van Like obviously being in shock From this weird Fire That's happened At this club And like I'm like How'd she even get in there They're all like 17 Like I don't even understand But whatever How did a bartender Give her a drink (laughs) <laughs> um, I would never. what she
3: say? She's going to go oh, play uh, Hello Titty. Yeah, I can, she's
1: going to yeah.
2: play Hello Titty with the bartender. It could like, have been 18 in that town, maybe, or something, and they were like seniors. I don't know.
1: They're hot seniors. I totally get it. I understand. Um, but it's that moment of she can't get revenge on these men, so she's taking it out on other people, which, you know, kind of seems like a thing that might happen in real life. Yeah, also also I don't think all the killings
2: by Jennifer in this movie they're not all supposed to be like justified avenging because there is the again I think the main point is the the friendship between Needy and Jennifer and Jennifer is just out having sex. Jennifer has departed their little little safety um their sandbox their little sandbox and now she's getting in a vans with bands Mm -hmm. and now she's coming in she can get the lead singer of the the touring band who comes through town and she can get the jock guy she can get the emo guy she can get whoever she wants and so it's not like the little indian kid did anything wrong that deserved like he wasn't i don't think a recipient of like me too justice it was just that was part of her kind of, I thought, more of like metaphorically coming into our own. And I will say for the band that I hated, Low Shoulder, as much as I hated their their music, I definitely, I haven't seen a stage show like that since Great White.
3: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, wow. Too soon.
1: Well, that, and honestly, like the band itself was like a very interesting, I don't know if metaphor is the right word, for constantly being reminded of your past trauma in like a situation like this, like they become the, th- you know, their stupid through the trees song <laughs> becomes a fucking, do that again. so much It became like an anthem for this grieving town for the pain that they fucking caused. They gave so 3%. <laughs> it was like, three
3: percent. It was like th- a yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like other song. 97%. They never called the town by the right name.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Devils, what they call it Devils Lake or something. Devils like
3: Devil's, like Devils something in the, at the show yeah. and someone yeah. yells the real name like Devils Kettle and he's like you're fucking a right. And then when they're on the radio yeah. later like you hear Needy like she's making her bologna sandwich mm-hmm. and they're like yeah, Devils Lake like
1: Yeah. So I thought that was a really good representation of like when you go through like Uh, assault in general like and this person isn't ousted from the scene or from your town or for whatever they're constantly just like in your left ear just like basically talking to you and so I felt like that was an interesting representation that maybe some people I
4: wasn't traumatized by her attack because
3: they were singing a fucking pop song while they were doing it and that was a that was a that was a miss on Cody's part I think like script-wise, I think she was trying to drive home like how little they cared about the life they were about to take. Mm-hmm. But it was a little too over I the top to start singing like 8675309. Well, we, we talk
2: about like, like, like dorky filmmaker choices and music all the time. I think there's some of that in this.
1: I think you're missing the point that I'm trying to make.
2: Well, I still didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it twice, though. I did. I, I, I liked I it better the, the second time. I, I, hey, did anybody notice, speaking of the terrible song, Through the Trees, which is actually a real song by a band called Wilding, if you want to look them up. Wildling. Oh, Wildling. Oh, I thought it was Wilding. Oh, okay, they're called Wildling. <laughs> Same thing. Anyway, um, did anybody notice in the very beginning when when Needy is in the, um, like the psychiatric ward and, and they put her in her holding cell after she's been violent and the Muzak comes on in her cell and she covers her ears. She's like, God, I hate this song the music is, it that is one? yeah it's through the trees yeah. I didn't Uh-oh. notice that the first time
3: yeah it's terrible um the song and the band Adam Brody I don't think we've talked about plays Nikolai who's the leader of the band they were considering having Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy or Joel Madden Sorry. from Good Charlotte
1: that would have been so much better exactly it would have been so good
3: uh but Brody's great I mean Seth as, Cohen as hateable a character Uh, as you can have you also have some great people show up in this movie you have jk simmons show up as the teacher with the hook hands i liked him Uh, i know
2: all of a sudden like dr detroit is the teacher in this movie so good what was that i liked it it was funny
3: (laughs) it was so good amy sedaris is -hmm. needy's mom like such a throwaway part for such a brilliant actress i mean strangers with candy yeah i mean chris pratt shows up at the bar for like one minute, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like one of the biggest actors in the world now, he shows up and he's the one that uh, apparently took the backdoor virginity from Jennifer. Nice. Um, oh, I, and then uh, Lance Henriksen shows up.
2: Yes, at, at the Lance Henriksen like, at the end. That was a great cameo. Um,
3: yeah, I mean, they they there's a lot of a lot of great people in the movie. It doesn't necessarily work as a whole, and not all of their performances like necessarily are the best. Um, but I like this movie. I, I like it a lot. I like what it stands for now. I think it's worth reading about, um, and it's worth watching just to see Megan Fox in an Evil Dead t-shirt and have an Evil Dead poster on the wall.
2: The poster, well, that was Needy's. The, the Evil Dead poster. And the and shirt Needy's was too. Yeah, she's, she's is that my Evil it. Dead shirt? That's my shirt, shirt yeah. That, now, that whole scene right there, you have a love scene between Needy and Jennifer, which is so different from all the other, like, quote-unquote sex scenes in the movie i thought it was interesting that all the scenes where, where jennifer is dispatching of the various dudes those are all like they're not really sexy at all nothing really ever happens she just like gets them to think that something is going to happen and then she destroys them but the, the scene between needy and uh and jennifer is like that is a lovingly filmed. like that is a very romantic scene and it goes on they're like making out and then they're in the bed they're really getting after it and then needy jumps up and um jennifer has made a comment something to the effect of like i'll just stay the night we can play girlfriend boyfriend like we used to again like she's you know she's kind of maybe in love with her friend now who's gone boy crazy and so that whole like that whole dynamic is in there too Uh, i appreciated that and how much different that scene was from the rest of the movie well i mean needy was in love with jennifer from the beginning so Chip, her That's boyfriend. That's
3: an angle, I Chip is Needy's take. boyfriend. Johnny Simmons plays Chip. And that poor bastard, like, has the worst role in the movie. Like, he's yeah. just. Pretty sad. Needy doesn't love him.
1: No, well, you she can just wants, see the difference between the makeout scenes. Honestly, like between them like making out them
2: having sex yeah Needy having sex with her boyfriend is like the most awkward not sexy thing ever but then her her making out with um, with Jennifer is like the hottest part of the whole movie but one of like the
3: brilliant things that Diablo Cody did and Kusama directed and Simmons acted is when Needy and Chip are having sex and Needy starts having like this psychic connection to Jennifer as she's like ripping Colin Gray apart and she's like freaking out while he's just going to town Mm-hmm. and he like stops and instead of being <laughs> like was it good for you or like are you okay the first thing he says is <gasps> am i too big oh
1: no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bud oh no like no buddy <laughs> poor
2: guy <laughs> um you have the library research in this i love uh, you that you the research he scene. goes to the yeah. library and i loved that the boyfriend says it. Uh, our library has an occult section Like even he's It's private. small <laughs> Yeah it's small But after, after <laughs> Is that after he asked Am I too big I, I
3: think so no, she, So, her, like that, so her response that. is delayed
2: I think for every like cheesy line There are good lines That, uh, that are in there um, I really liked the scene Where Jennifer goes swimming Goes skinny dipping After she killed the jock guy In the woods She's like serenely swimming yeah, Across the They market the it to you, they, like, you he, So you were yeah, properly you There's no nudity too. in the scene no, Don't I see your butt stop you trying your butt. You can't see you your butt you see her, her. We'll talk about Bye.
3: butts in the next movie she was wearing Ooh. a um a uh, yes. flesh colored bikini moveon.org uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> although they were ahead of their time with the wikipedia Wikipedia and, uh, maybe when needy is arguing like that band didn't save anybody. Like, they're not heroes and oh, there's a girl yeah. in class wearing like a low-shoulder low, shul- low shoulder T-shirt and she's like, they're like national treasures and blah, blah, blah and Needy's like, did you- where did you hear this? And she's like, it was on the oh, Wikipedia. Oh, oh, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah I thought it was a very superficial uh, ritual. I mean, speaking of the internet, like he got a page off the internet that he read aloud and it was like two sentences. Yes. It was no Latin. Um... <laughs> And then you know, I thought that if anything, their stupid song would have ruined everything. I mean, if it was this easy to conjure demons, you know, it, we would be so lucky.
2: Well, I think they're they're like shallow, unserious guys, and I think that the the satanic ritual is just a stand-in for for other things. That's why, and and, and maybe it should have been done like maybe it's not enough of either. Maybe it should have been like taking the satanic thing more seriously. Or maybe it should have been less of a like metaphor or something. I, I do think there are times when the movie wants to kind of have it both ways, and it's not committing tonally, you know, enough to one or the other. I, I certainly I wouldn't disagree with that.
1: I will say I did have a favorite line, and it was from Jennifer, and it was "I need you frightened. I need you hopeless." Right before <laughs> she devoured that <laughs> man, and I was like. <sighs>
2: are going to be using that one. <laughs>
4: film i chose uh was revenge 2018 uh shutter exclusive directed by coralie Fargil starring matilda lutz kevin janssen's vincent colombe and ooh, Kiram boucheri <laughs> Nice, <Thanks. laughs>
2: very nice effort <laughs> uh, thank you uh
4: so uh this is the story uh well, instead of saying this is the story of, I'm going to say that this movie opens with a sex scene. It just starts right in with a sex scene yes. uh, of a very uh, sexually confident woman uh, owning her sexuality, owning her, uh, you know, what she wants, and, and, but it's sexual and it's uh, it says a lot about her personality just in, in the opening the way they play out this uh, this hookup. She's like some sort of mistress or whatever. Um, and he's kind of a sugar daddy. Uh, this takes place. Uh, I, I wasn't sure where it took place. I don't think they say. It filmed was filmed in, in Morocco. Morocco. Yeah. Right. But it's like in the middle they, of nowhere. They take a helicopter yeah. to get to this swanky pad. Um, very like, you know, Batman's lair kind of thing or super villain almost uh ex machina kind of like rich guy so rich he can live in the middle of nowhere and have all these amenities um so they're at this place they have the sex and then very soon after that two of his buddies show up uh for a hunting trip Uh, they show up a day early catch her in her skivvies these guys are super perverts they're fucking disgusting dudes all the dudes in this are um And you really, really want, once shit starts going down, you want them to get there so bad. Um, And they do. Um, Matilda Lutz is very good in this. Um, I thought that maybe it was the contrast... Uh, of this movie that made me not like Megan Fox's character as much because she really killed this. She was really good in uh, Classic Horror Story that we talked about recently. Um, This is a lot of uh, practical effects. Um, It's very much... uh, It could have been a I Spit on Your Grave remake. But what what I liked about this um, was it was almost like a movie like... When Train to Busan came out, I was like, wow, someone did a zombie movie. Very predictable things are going to happen, but they did it in a way that uh, hasn't been done before. And somehow it, it was stylistically different or uh, contained some other element. I thought that Revenge was kind of like that in, uh, you know, kind of a B, uh, you know, for horror movie Shutter. um I feel like it's on the top of the heap of like the Shutter original stuff, um, which I'm a big fan of. Um, but this was kind of one of the first ones that really started getting like some national attention uh, for the Shutter uh, exclusives or the Shutter original uh, things. But uh, what did you think of this, guys?
2: I love this movie. I'm so glad we got to revisit this because I saw this. This didn't hit Shutter until like 2018. It did have a theatrical run. Briefly in France and in the States and then it went straight to shutter and I took a chance and loved it then but I really didn't remember I, I remembered only the basic gist of it and I remembered liking it but this time I was like damn this is one of the most brutal movies that we've seen Um this is like a solid 100% rape revenge movie. We haven't really talked specifically about the rape revenge genre which is a big part of horror. We talked about The Last House on the Left which I consider the kind Godfather. of like that that's like the original new horror even though it was based on *The Virgin Springs*, that that really was like set the template for the new horror rape revenge of which there have been many. Um, I don't think we've talked about a ton, um, but that's like the story in all of them. You mentioned *I Spit on Your Grave*. There's actually this reminded me a little bit of a movie called *Violation*, which is also on Shudder, which is great. Yeah, um, that one's a little more. Realism uh, might be a little tougher because this really this one gets more into the genre aspect of of filmmaking. Um, the woman who made this, I, I can't. It's Cara Lee. I can't do the last name.
3: I like how Dave said it. Fargeau.
2: Did you say it, Fargeau? Fargeau. Um She actually. It was interesting. Um, there's there's quite a few interviews uh, available with with her out there, print stuff, and um, she talked about how she didn't really. Watch a lot of the rape, revenge, horror stuff other than Last House on the Left because she didn't want her movie. She wasn't trying to do a thing where like a woman is screaming in pain the whole time being victimized. She wanted to do uh, something a little different. And she said that she actually watched Rambo. And it's uh, funny, the, the, I got Rambo vibes. Yeah, First Blood and the first Mad Max movie, um, also Fury Road. She mentioned um, Duel the, the mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg movie yeah. from like 71 she mentioned Kill Bill she mentioned even actually she's a big Cronenberg fan her she she kind of came up with um, well, the body horror gives that yeah, away she, well she did a couple shorts that were like sci-fi body horror that were I guess I haven't seen them but she said that Cronenberg is a big influence on her and that also sets this film apart this isn't like a gratuitous as much with the assault scenes. Like movies like I Spit on Your Grave, you just have to watch like assault for like an hour and a half. And then it's kind of like light on the revenge. It's very heavy on the first part. This movie gets way more into the body horror stuff. And this movie contains a scene that I, I mean, I don't remember the last time I really had to tell myself during the foot scene. And we've seen a number of foot scenes recently, but the foot scene is so long. It is so... Oh my God! It's so brutal. He's digging into his foot to pull out this big piece of glass, and it's a Good. giant, gaping gash. Whole foot. I honestly, at first, I was holding my hand up to the screen a little bit, like I actually had to tell myself, "That's not real." You know that that is a prosthetic device. There is a tube pumping red corn syrup into that you you're not seeing this happen in real life you have to watch it it's your duty as a podcaster yeah you can't turn away <laughs> it's like the, this it, it was scene. like the beach house oh my god um it, great uh, matilda lutz incredible in this um you said we saw her in uh, a classic horror story um this is like among the the most ass of any movie we've seen there is so much ass in this movie they don't let her wear pants there's just it's ass the no, whole thing no she doesn't is wear ass. pants it's man ass too though but then yes, it's, no, there is man, both, ass, like
1: it's man ass it's bloody man ass yeah and, starts but, hanging dong ass dong let her,
2: she does not wear pants yeah more ass than you can shake a steak at in this movie what uh, <laughs> I loved it shake a steak at I would highly recommend this movie on Shutter, and you can rent it too now
1: I'd say this one was definitely more of a tough watch than the other movie Mm. this week especially the first 30 minutes uh it portrays a very real situation that a lot of women have been in uh starting off trying to be nice and friendly and polite to a man who they're not interested in um and having it turn into a dangerous situation it's something that women are constantly dealing with and it's a double-edged sword be nice and polite in order to avoid an aggravated and possibly dangerous man or be nice and polite and have him expect other things from you. And it's exhausting to be honest. Um, Obviously this one takes a very sinister turn and it's after this sinister moment, uh, in which this woman brings the heat upon every man in this film, which we're all rooting for. Uh, It was fucking badass, and I was very into it, obviously. Not only does this woman outsmart everyone and somehow destroy all these grown-ass men who did her wrong, but she did so in the heat of the desert, in only her underwear, whilst having a branch impaled into her abdomen.
2: That's the steak I was talking about. You guys looked at me like I was some kind of crazy guy. No, I... I didn't mean the food.
1: No, I... Oh. 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 I, I get it. Kind of I thought we were talking about a real steak. Thank you. <laughs> or, steak? Me too. I was like, is that a is that a saying I'm unaware of I don't, like, I don't get it. Uh, this movie was also very entertaining to watch. I didn't think it was I didn't think it was very predictable to be honest. No, I knew thing I, so. I knew revenge no. was going to happen because of the title, but I didn't know how. I didn't expect a lot of things that were going on, so it absolutely kept my attention. A very action packed thrill ride, as some might say. Uh, they managed to make none of the men likable, which I appreciated. Uh, so you were never really upset about the things that happened to them and instead just waited for them to get what was coming. I also liked the amount of blood that was present. So for much blood. Sure, oh my God. Especially in that final scene. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Yep. Just a pristine multi million dollar home just covered. And Doused red, in blood. Just just red everywhere. Um it was just awesome. Uh it was just a merry go round of people shooting at each other at the end scene, which I appreciated. But yeah, I I had an idea of what this movie would be based on the title. Once I saw the French uh, names coming up at the uh, beginning, I was like, great. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> fucking PTSD get me into this. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> high <laughs> tension all over again. Yeah, even the, yeah, even the, the, um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, the title card with the big block oh, orange letters was like, like almost Gaspar Noe. Like, oh boy. I almost turned it off. I was like,
1: that's it. I'm out this week. But it definitely didn't end up being what I had expected. It was... Absolutely worth the watch. Even the rough parts in the beginning, I was very into it.
3: Yeah, so commentary aside, you know, as far as what Coralie Fargeot was trying to accomplish, this is as straightforward as you can get. Mm -hmm. It is four characters with a sidebar of a helicopter guy and... You know, like Dave said, like the setup is pretty simple. Jen, Jennifer, our, our second Jennifer of the episode, is going to Richard's swank home. And she thinks that they're just there to like bang and party. And then these two douchebags show up. Something really bad happens. And then it ends up out in the desert and you spend the entire movie wondering how Fargeau is going to make this an hour and 47 minutes long. And she does it by giving you unbelievable scenes, uh, like, like the rape scene, for instance. Like, it's, Trent, you kind of hinted on this. It's, it's done in a very effective way that gives you no real, like, visceral imagery, and I appreciated that yeah. light. Like.
2: It's not like graphically lingered over like some of the w- the movies that we would put in the rape revenge category.
3: But I don't want to take away from Matilda Lutz's performance in that she kills that scene where she lets you know. But like while that scene's happening, Dimitri walks in and he's like eating like a fucking candy bar or something. And that
2: is so and like, weird.
3: Yeah, Fargeau's, like, direction on that to, like, focus in on his teeth and his eyes and, like, all of that is so powerful. Chewing. Yeah. All of it is just building this tension to what you want to see, which is when this movie becomes a superhero film, which it does. Because... She gets raped. We're getting. We're we're going to get spoilery here, I guess. She gets raped.
2: Well, that's the first fifteen minutes. Uh, Richard doesn't.
3: Richard, her her sugar daddy doesn't care. He's like, "Uh, uh, "Hey, uh, can you wake up? Um, I put a bunch of money in your account, and I made a few calls, and uh, you got a job in Canada." And she's like, "Fuck off!" Runs out into the desert. They go out there. He pushes her off a goddamn cliff. She's impaled on a stick. And from then on, we get literally a superhero film where she finds a way to continuously get away from these people. She steals their drugs.
4: That's like the Batman drug, you know, like the top of the mountain. Like she takes the drug and that's what helps her through this whole thing because she hears that a guy cut his leg off without even feeling it right. on
3: peyote. Uh, she. There's the... the beer can scene where she's cauterizing herself with a a phoenix beer can it burns the phoenix into her and then we get everything we want which kind of drawn out scenes but we get three unbelievable death scenes of these assholes and uh i I don't know I, i i don't think that a that i've seen a movie like this ever Like, Trent, you talked about, like, rape revenge being a big thing in the horror genre. I've never seen one like this uh, where it's as satisfying um, as as revenge is.
2: Yeah, one one thing that, to me, this movie is really about—and, Kat, you mentioned that it's not predictable, and I I thought— The same thing this this movie is made up and it goes by so fast because it's made up of like turning points the whole thing is a collection of turning points you have the turning point of the the rape in the beginning the next turning point i would say is when jennifer escapes being impaled on a tree i mean it it seems like she's dead so that's another turning point you don't know what's going on you're like is that it? Like, what? Where is this movie going? No, she pulls herself off of the tree that's like gone through her body, and half of it is still sticking through her. At that point, you know, all well, right, she burns the tree down. She, which is yeah, impressive. yeah, and yeah. she right. She gets out of it. Um, at that point, I thought with no the ear, blood no and the gore, you know, at that point, okay, this is a revenge horror movie now for sure. It's getting really graphic and, and ridiculous. Um, and then there's the turning point of the peyote scene. She's taking cover in the cave or whatever. We've seen so many cauterizations on the show, but this is a top cauterization scene. She takes the peyote and then she starts to have a whole peyote trip. Love that whole scene. That's another turning point. Oh, yeah. You're like, all right, didn't see the peyote trip coming. Now, now she's tripping out. I think
3: out. that's like part of like, um, like I don't want to say do drugs, but I think that's like a big part of like what gets her through that yes and yes, gets her she has, sprinting through right. the desert after the peyote trip
2: right so then she does the cauterization with the beer can that leaves the logo of the i don't know how that works that's, unless it was already right. that doesn't no that, that would actually work. didn't but, make any sense it's a superhero it was, movie guys
1: well, it's a it superhero cool.
3: movie
2: yeah that that's totally fine um and we then, all, we also never
3: yeah. see her cauterize her back wound
1: I was True. wondering about that. And, and That's we, where uh, she
3: got we earlier yeah, yeah, And we were yeah, like, yeah. but there is a scene where they, I was like, they're not showing her back because they want to be like, oh, she didn't cauterize her back wound where it's the stick was going all the, but they do show it and there is an imprint <gasps> on her back as well.
1: Because she, okay, but, Maybe we suspend disbelief for a second. She did light the tree on fire, so maybe mm. the tree in itself, oh, because right. she pulled it out the yeah. front. Oh, oh yeah. So maybe the, the, the lighting the tree on shot. fire, yeah, wow. yeah. she burnt it shut. But there's
3: Crabby a scene boy. in the back where you see another beer can imprint. On oh, okay. Her back. Well,
1: I can't say anything about that.
3: I, I mean, I'm not. No, it was quick. It was fleeting. I, a fleeting I can scene. Can,
1: the reason um, why. Oh, go ahead. No, this might pertain more to what well, we're I was talking just going to say.
4: The reason why I pointed out um first of all like the the sex scene in the beginning uh is because the i, blow I job. couldn't notice blow job scene. You i couldn't it. notice um at what point they developed her character at all um but they did somehow
3: and i think it was through like the courageous stuff she did that, yes that and, it was, and was the, the thing. subtle things where, like yeah. like like the first time she shoots the rifle and she's not prepared for the kickback, right. and it knocks her on her ass.
4: Right. It's the real. But the next time she shoots the, the rifle, that-
3: she knows. Like, there's just steady character development of, right. like, well, or, I, I, I guess I, not yeah. character development, but determination and, like, will. Like,
2: to, to the opening blowjob scene and the character development, I think th- the whole thing is the way that it sets up, it, she's an outwardly sexual personality it shows her she's having this tryst with a married man she's happy to be you know to have the sugar daddy and they're doing all this like dark stuff and then when the friends show up and they're drinking at night she's doing the whole strip tease and she takes Stan one of the most detestable characters I've ever seen probably on film he's so believable I don't know if I could like (laughs) hang out with him in person because he's so so but she does the whole strip tease with him so it's not trying to shy away from like this young woman owning her sexuality and just you know, being who she is, it, it sets that up like I thought perfectly in a way that, you know, some movies wouldn't like. Last House on the left just shows the hapless victims. They're mm-hmm. totally out of control. They're you
4: totally victimized she was out of nowhere. Weak at any point, even yes.
2: before she
4: starts
1: doing exactly. Exactly. all this stuff.
3: Yes, exactly. And that's, yeah.
1: and that's it's the comp- So that's something I feel like women of my age kind of are running into in this moment of time is that I myself, I like to look nice when I go out. I like to look um scary but also sexy at the same time i like a nice combo situation and then a lot of i will say older men or even men my age take that as an opportunity to then assume that they know exactly what i'm about exactly what kind of sexual preferences i'm about just because i like to wear Revealing clothing because it makes me feel nice doesn't mean that I'm fucking open for goddamn business. And that's something that was <laughs> Are very- Are on me? <laughs> a little bit, maybe. But that's something what that was very- you don't like
3: about me? She it, well, bro. She honestly, wants it, bro.
1: guys, with all joking aside, that was a- it was a very hard get through for this fucking moment in this movie, to be honest. It's horrible. That, that scene was- so fucking real like too real to be honest like and there was that moment, where i'm like why are you guys making me fucking watch this movie but then it turned you know it turned into this fucking revenge thing but a lot of women don't get that revenge moment they absolutely don't and then you're stuck in this gross feeling like you've done something wrong because you want to feel good about yourself and like be out in public and like look nice and then you're made to feel like you were asking for it it's like it's been done it's redundant it's like you know women have been dealing with this for years but it's just that moment of ickiness in the realism of this fucking of this of the character of that shitty dude and then he they it's that quick moment of him trying to be redeemed for a second of him being like i can't believe you killed her i can't believe you tried to kill her Dude, you fucking raped her. You uh, yeah, changed her thing. whole life. You ruined her forever, but you think it's too far to murder her? Like, I'm sorry.
3: There's moments in the movie where I think Fargeau is like pushing the envelope and like daring the audience to like like the guys. No. Where when they first get to the like the cliff and they realize she's gone, like she was impaled, but now she's gone and stan who raped her is like okay she could be out there alive let's take her to the hospital like i feel like she's pushing you at times to be like i dare you to like these guys like feel free go ahead like
1: because you like the shitty dude for a second because you think when he's walking away from that room you think maybe he's going to call the cops. Maybe he's going to do something. Nope. He fucking sits his fat ass down. Dimitri. And he turns the fucking TV up. He,
2: he witnesses the rape and he just closes the door. Goes yep. back in the other room. Turns the TV up. Finishes
3: goes candy the candy bowl. Yep.
1: You yep. hear her boyfriend or whatever go in and yell at the other guy. Be like, how could you do this? Blah, blah, blah. And then... Two Seconds later, he's like, I got you. A, you're, you're you live in Canada now. It's just, it's they put her in the witness protection program. Yeah, <laughs> what, what, what it was just in like Canada? that aspect of the movie. Like I said, the first 30 minutes of this movie were very hard to watch, but the rest of it was super cool because you're like, Cool, get them, love you for it. But it was, di- it, you know, there's and I could go on for a, probably a little while. Do I want to? No, well, I thought Not they, really. it,
4: it was because it was so. Realistic in their banter and rapport. The shit that I see all the time is dudes who think the waitress who's bringing their food to them, who's paid to bring their food to them, and nice. or their bartender who's paid to bring their food to them. Uh, I had the pleasure of drinking with someone recently who thought every woman <laughs> that had any interaction with him Uber lady, she's in love with me.
2: Mm. I thought she, and I thought she liked me. Did think she, she liked me, right? She that's was very
4: friendly. Yeah. Did, did you hear what she said? And they're they're, I, they're construing some words, and that's what is scary in this movie is the way that she's just trying to be, you know, free spirited and fun with everybody,
3: confident.
2: They're having the they're, word, they're having a confident. good time. They're talking right. about their life's dreams, and she puts on some music, does some dancing, and her boyfriend doesn't want to dance. She's like being nice to the guy, mm-hmm. right. I love the soundtrack to this movie, the, the- Rob Rob, oh, oh, really? Okay, I anytime there's like um, Euro electro sounding stuff in a movie, I love that because in a horror movie, because it's so like heartless sounding, it's like, it's indifferent to the suffering. Whenever you hear that kind of, that kind of electro, it's the soundtrack we listened to, we our listen to that, that on the fest. way to, uh, to, to the horror fest.
3: Well, yeah, we've been talking about a lot about how like sound design and music, like the throwback stuff is great. Um, I loved this. It was very refreshing to hear like a very modern soundtrack and it's uh it's Rob. It's like a French music collective. It's um, very
2: uncaring. It does not there's there's no care in the music about what's happening. It is it is indifferent to the suffering of, of what's happening on but screen. But like
3: your like your uh the title card Trent, what, like climax.
2: Yes, like, exactly. This
3: soundtrack like yes. fit that. Same vibe. But yeah. Rob that did this uh, also did the Maniac remake, Horns, gotcha. Oxygen. Oh, nice. And uh, one that we went to see together, Gretel and Hansel. And I remember we commented Aww. on the soundtrack when we
4: got out of that. We we're all in the car together going back. Oh, my Hi. God. We got to go on a trip again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's go back we to should Salem. Go, no,
4: we should go to a really secluded place. My friend has this place. It's all, It's all Up made in of industry? glass. Different colored <laughs> glass in the middle of the
2: desert. Hey, we could really have a nice getaway. I get thought away. you were going to talk about your friend with a movie house. Go hunting. That would be a good... I hate you. That would be like maybe the setup for Stabbing Cabin. Ooh. You, you take us up to your friend's movie house there that's way oh, out in he, the willy-wags? The movie house? Yeah, you know a guy that has the movie house really? up an in industry. The hell is a movie house. Industry. How can you say that to me? Oh, oh the movie theater. The movie theater. I don't know the I don't about how can you giants. say that. To me. Literally, I don't know
3: what a movie house is. They sounded like a something. A place where there's house.
2: movies showing. The I don't movie. Know.
3: <laughs>
4: the fucking theater.
1: Like a theater. Yeah. yeah well, what? No, movie theater. no, but a like, movie like house.
3: speaking of like glass and different colors, like <laughs> I love the way that this movie started with. Bright colors and, like, her I Love L.A. t-shirt. And the, the house colors is, are like, amazing super... Co- and then the whole, like, middle of the movie is just washed. It's, like, desert. we're in the fucking desert. Yeah. And then they get back to the house. And, like, he's, you know, taking a shower, which he does a terrible job at. He's he literally he's the worst person at showering ever. <laughs> And then comes back out, and like you get her through the blue glass, and then all the colors come so back. good for the so final good. act. Like yeah. it's really, it's really well directed. Uh, but the other thing about this is body horror, practical effects. So much. There are this so is like, many we, cringy moments. Oh we are professional horror movie watchers.
2: Yes, that's right.
3: Technically, and yes. I watched this with Dave today. And literally every couple minutes we were going,
1: oh,
3: oh." it is a really hard movie to watch. It's not scary. This movie... like, let's like, It is let's be very. It's not scary. It is scary. Well, well,
2: it's it is scary. Is it's, scary. It's, it's not like jump scare scary, but it's not suspenseful. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not scary.
3: Uh, I would say the final act is very suspenseful. I love the fact that they ran around the, the di- same The dialogue hallway.
4: in that... <laughs> the dialogue
3: in that leads up to the
4: rape scene. That dialogue and that dynamic and that... That, yes. is that was terrifying. scary. That's scary because, I yes. mean, just because it's happening to a woman and that doesn't mean it couldn't happen to you,
3: <laughs> you know? Right. Like, no, no, that's someone, fair. That's fair. But, know, like, but the body horror in this and like the man. shit that every, some characters have to do themselves, some things that happen to others like Saran rap and <laughs> like it's <laughs> that just. That was a new one. We haven't seen I somebody We've seen, We've, We've seen dumb medics yeah. all through this movie. It's, yeah, I, I can't, I mean, this was Fargeau's feature debut. Not sure what she's going to do next, but I'm going to watch it.
2: Yeah, I think she's been uh, slow, hampered by the COVID because uh, I read an interview where she said Who since hasn't? this movie, she's been offered tons and tons of projects, but I think they've mostly, like the productions have been, have been sidelined. I did appreciate the saran wrap. We haven't, we've seen duct tape and all manner of things holding people together, but I don't think we've ever seen somebody with their abdomen half blown out wrap their body in, uh, in plastic wrap.
4: And that's also uh, also the whole scene where she's repairing herself. Oh, uh, that's, that that w- was When tough. you said Rambo earlier, was like the, an the influence. Bowie yes. oh. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> the Bowie
3: knife. Perfect. Yes. It's the Bowie knife.
1: Peyote, The Bowie knife
4: was in the last movie <laughs>
3: as yes. well. Yeah. Both have Bo- the they the mentioned Bowie. Knives Bowie knives play The uh, Peyote big, big scene, big like roles. dream within a dream, within a dream, within a dream, I, within a dream. That was like. great.
2: I loved it. I loved it.
1: I will say one thing I noticed is that, you know, when it comes to the blood situation is she starts off a beautiful little light blonde haired beauty and then by the end of the film she's so covered in blood that she's a brunette and I loved it.
2: But she still has the earring. Those pink star.
3: That's
1: how you know it's the same. That was my favorite thing about our... Shout out our Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, it was the juxtaposition of the starting photo of her with the star earring to the end photo of her with the star earring. It was just like everything else has contrast. changed. She's, she's a yeah. different
2: person now. She's had mm-hmm. a, a total transformation, like an origin, a superhero origin story, like you mm-hmm. said. But she still got the earring. Well, I want to see. I want to see the sequel.
3: Yeah, like what the, happens the movie at the end? ends, the helicopter's yeah, coming, the she's standing there, she gives you that great look back, great like he's ends. a cat with like the bloodshot hair, and yeah. just looks, and then it just gets the climax, the revenge card. Mm. I want to see it. her kill the helicopter uh, pilot, Does suddenly he know, know he how to fly a helicopter. Why do I want to kill well, him? We, hey, 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 no, we, we, gotta, we gotta move this on. <laughs> kill him, <laughs> she suddenly knows how to drive a helicopter. And then like you said Dave, no, like, she just starts going and killing like Harvey Weinstein uh everybody like that's fucking doing horrible shit to women.
2: So you want to ruin it is what you're saying. Oh, you want to get right out there and do an American sequel or something.
1: I feel it. Like, no,
2: I'm talking Trent, uh, I'm the franchise guy. The
3: franchise, I want a franchise. Ay, yes. Hey,
1: yes. I feel like it was like a very similar ending to Ready or Not where it's like okay, yes. now she's Got to deal with the police. That's a gr- <laughs> like, no, that's how is she gr- going to explain That's a great this? call. Yeah, yes. that, that's the. Advantage
3: I actually don't want to see survivor. this franchised, Uh but that is a very very they... similar ending. Like, yeah. how is this going to end up for you?
1: You're covered in other people's blood. But
2: she has the advantage of being the
1: only survivor,
2: so her story is not going to be challenged by anyone else. I mean, you know, well, I love um,
4: court uh, dramas. After every horror movie, there should be a court drama movie. About what they have, because there's a lot of red tape that's
2: involved. You yeah, have in Tommy these Lee murders. Jones come in as a southern lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we played <laughs> enough games here, y'all? My client a slip. Sure.
3: Get to the bottom of it. Some sequels. Mm. Uh, so we talked a lot about feet things. We have a really bad body Footage. horror feet thing. Um, but the worst one I've ever seen is the sock in the mouth. Nah. The what? Dan? He puts his dirty sock in his mouth. He takes his boot off, <laughs> takes oh. his sock off, <laughs> yeah. wraps his sock around <laughs> his shoulder, yeah, puts his that. sock in his mouth. That's been on his foot for two days in the desert.
1: It's your own sock, though. It make it, Poop
3: things are my thing. <laughs> That's the closest I've come to being like,
1: really? Mm-hmm.
3: You, don't, you don't shrimp? What you guys is- into
4: shrimping?
1: What the fuck is that? It's
4: Toes. You put your yeah, toes in your mouth. No. That's shrimping.
1: I didn't know that was no. called
2: shrimping. Yeah.
1: Why is it called shrimping? I don't know. I
2: just switched. Disgusting. Asked me to do. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not into <laughs> it. Definitely not into it.
3: What is it you don't like about me?
2: One of my Stop favorite. Uh, that. Uh, one of my favorite little moments in this? You guys were talking about the scary moments, and Stan is definitely the scariest, in the interaction yeah. between jennifer and stan that's the scariest part of the movie when all
4: the powerful guys
2: well when her when richard is gone and she's just there with stan and dimitri and dimitri's in the pool with a newspaper over his face because he's hung over and stan has set up a whole breakfast for oh, he and his charm and his friend's too. mistress yeah and he's like it's just you and me now and he's got the whole spread and she's sitting at the table and she immediately just takes out her phone and starts scrolling and looking at her phone and the he's just the desert. <laughs> oh my god he's just sitting there looking at her and she's just looking at her phone and then she looks up like i'm gonna go pack the tension of that scene and the terror of that scene is like oh my god His that was very real eyes he has these well, sparkly
4: eyes at her the whole time very real it looks life. like yes. maybe he was really the actor was really in love with her he did an amazing job he had these with sparkly that.
2: i mean gross eyes at yeah. her well i think night when he goes and sits
3: next to her in the bedroom when she's trying to pack
2: what Is don't you like about me you liked me last night what's what's changed Ugh. oh my god am I too uh. short was I short last night
1: <laughs> I man. I will destroy every man <laughs> ever
3: I think I think Cat. what am I wrong in saying this because I will admit to that she's gonna destroy you you're your always mom. on the wrong she, track yeah. when you open with that <laughs> yeah right <laughs> You know that this movie was directed by a woman mm-hmm. when they put the biggest douchebag in the movie completely naked throughout the entire third act.
1: Okay, I did, lo- okay, I did love that. All right, because it starts off just hanging donk. He's just like floating his little penis around. The beginning of the movie, he's
4: semi-hard, and in the end, he's completely flat. Oh, as he should I be, because like he's detail. covered in
1: his own fucking blood so good that does it make me soft the most vulnerable way you could be is yes. open gaping wound right. in your abdomen naked all over cuz you just on tried the ground, to
2: wash slipping on your own just blood just slip
1: slopping all around Ugh!
2: that, that I, was the whole flip and we talked about all the ass in this movie it turned you know it reminded me a little bit of um burning bright we talked about how that movie is just a festival of male gaze Brianna,
3: a vegan this movie like flips that it's just like
2: it, in, yeah, it it you. the
3: entire movie. It
2: it both invites you to engage in the male gaze and then totally indicts you for it, and then ends the movie with the opposite thing, where the guy is the naked one that you have to look at his ass the mm-hmm. whole time and watch him be tortured and killed. Thought well, that was I, I mean, this was a
3: much nicer ass. But excuse me. So this was a much nicer. Uh, ass. My hot take That's would
4: this. be that the
3: but his bloody asshole. the
4: asshole. I actually had, had a better ass. ass than she did. I thought her ass was small. His was very bubbly. Wow. Wow. I was not attracted to it but normally what I look for wow. in a butt would be the protrusion a bubble of the butt. cheek, a bubble butt. And then, you know, I'm in the gore too. We there was a bloody I, asshole moment at the end which yes, I would not was. as a any kind of actor ever be able to do that spread eagle with blood all over my asshole shot that he did. That, that was that, Actually, it was
3: an amazing shot. Literally ass out. Yeah. It's a great shot. And I have never wanted someone to die more than that guy. Me too. And there's a his good, ass there's a good like His ass had nothing to do with I don't think his ass was We're better. not going to get our come up. You don't s- think his
2: ass was better? No.
1: What did he refer to her ass as before in the beginning of the film? He says something about her oh, butt. Oh,
3: something peach? A peach. Oh, he peach. says. Richard says. Yeah, not me. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's a little peach. Something. I don't know. I thought it was compelling. Oh, I'm sure you like did
1: Compelling yeah. Compelling <laughs> What
2: all do right. you want me to say Like one of the greatest asses In all of cinema Worldwide Yes I would say that Yes absolutely I would say that No question about it uh.